0: Really, I'm just trying to get to something that is personally meaningful. And I find that, you know, if you get to a place with your art practice where it's like it really speaks to you and it has a potential to speak to others, it doesn't matter how many other people are out there creating art, because if it's something sincere and powerful, it will always have its place.
1: Welcome to the Flying Fruit bar platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. I'm your host, Aaron S., and today is part two of our conversation with the incredible Crystal Pereira. In 2022, Crystal also had her first solo show at Azamut Gallery in Montreal. She uses the opportunity to create both 2D and three-dimensional works, bringing the themes of the landscape into reality. I really hope you enjoy our conversation, and thank you very much for listening. hmm <laughs> so um continuing with your creative process um Mm -hmm. do you have any particular routines that help you focus on your art
0: um I should probably get better at that but I think um (laughs) I just kind of get into the studio and then start doing things but there's no like really build up to it or there's no like routine that I do to help me kind of do it um I think the the times where I have like the most ease getting into a project is when I've been thinking about it for a while and like it's already kind of at the stage where like I have sketches or I have things going on and then like when I do get into the studio I already have an idea of where I'm going because otherwise just like stepping into the studio and being like okay I'm gonna work today like that does not work for me (laughs) I have to know where it's going or at least like what I want to do that particular day because otherwise it's kind of like the blank page uh, kind of syndrome where there's like everything is possible but what specifically are you going to do? You know, it's it's hard to narrow down sometimes. Or I find it's really great to have a project that I'm already working on and then going back into the studio and working on it is is yeah. fun too. Mm-hmm.
1: So how important is it for you to show or document the creative process of your work?
0: Um, I would say so far, it hasn't been very important in that I don't do it or I don't do it very well. I, I think I just kind of show like finished pieces and then... I throw it out there every now and then or like I'll have a backlog of finished pieces that I have to show um, and then I kind of post them and forget about it but I want to get better at letting people see the process behind it or you know like you and I have talked a lot about how um, you know it's 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 nice to see the artist behind the work as well and I don't think that I'm currently sharing that or it's just always a lot like like a very kind of short text accompanied by a photo a, a photo and that's it or you know I think I should get better at um kind of showing more of myself in what I post on social media and in in regards to the work as well, like seeing like explaining to people why I do this and why it's important to me. And I think if like I have a conversation one on one with someone or like in an exhibition or something, I will tell people like all these things. But um I don't think that anyone who follows me on Instagram gets that currently.
1: <laughs> have you ever done like an introduction on your Instagram being like, oh this is Maze the artist?
0: Uh no I've never done that. Or if I did, I've forgotten about it, so it wasn't very memorable.
1: I thought <laughs> uh, if you can't remember it, how's everybody else gonna remember it? That's only because I'm kind of like because this is a thing, and actually it leads into a question I'm gonna ask you in a second. But I, I'm very mm-hmm. aware that like artists actually I'm almost asking you now because it leads into the conversation, but you know, a lot of artists are introverted, they don't really want to put themselves out there, they don't want to they don't want to necessarily be in the spotlight, mm-hmm. they just want to create work behind the scenes. But yeah, I kind of almost feel like you don't have to have your face in the limelight but I think it's mm-hmm. important for people to know who you are because I mm-hmm. always say this just may be something that I picked up when I'm talking to people but I feel like you can't expect people to invest in your work without knowing the person behind the work and you know you True. don't have you don't have to be people's best friends that's not their point mm-hmm. the point is that like you would like to kind of get an inkling of who this person is and why they're creating this work and then you know why should you be interested in it? like Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's something I've yeah. just, I've just considered after talking to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. some people are very kind of indecisive. Some people are, are like, are just like, no, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to show my face online or they just like, they want to remain mysterious, which is also good. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like in this society where there is a huge focus on being present online, that actually showing yourself and kind of being a little bit more personal, you know, as people always say, like be personal in your stories and be professional mm-hmm. on your feed. I think there's yeah. a room for that. I'm kind of curious, like, firstly, like, are you more introverted or extroverted? And secondly, like, is this something you want to actually work on?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I definitely understand the importance of uh, parasocial relationships and how we mm-hmm. interact with with people's arts or how how we view it. And um, I know that there's a lot of people that I feel like I know on, on the internet, but that I, I don't actually know, but just because of how good they are at... at um, at showing who they are through their various interactions online. Like I feel like I know them and I I like that feeling or like, I feel like it brings more to the experience of looking at their work. Um, So yeah, I would like to work more towards that. Um, I personally am more of a private person in, in my life in general. Um, I don't think that I would, seek to share as much of my life if I wasn't an artist like I didn't have social media before I probably still wouldn't have social media if I wasn't making art so that's kind of where I'm coming from in terms of my relationship to social media I'm getting better at it but I I still kind of feel like um uh, I just kind of show my work and I'm like hiding behind it and (laughs) (laughs) which is which is fine too but yeah definitely more introverted I, I love people I love talking to people but I have you know, a need for a private space and for like alone time and for all of that. And I think that a lot of my work comes from having this like protected space of like where I can just be myself and and do my things and then show it afterwards. So I think, you know, like a lot of things that people do now of like uh, showing photos of their space or like time lapse videos of them actually working and everything. Like I haven't started doing that just because I have like this kind of, um, it's not an aversion, but just this kind of resistance to it where like, I know I should be doing it and I I enjoy when other people do it. So I think I would like to show that for others, but uh, I just haven't done it yet. But like, I've gotten better at it in the sense that lately, you know, I have a website, there's my biography, there are photos of me. That didn't exist a few months ago. (laughs) So now like there is this place on the internet where you can go and see what I look like and who I am and what I'm about, uh, which didn't used to exist. So yeah, definitely like little steps, but I think I'm only going to go like about as fast as I'm comfortable doing it. Oh and...
1: of course. Mm-hmm. And and you're right, like as someone who looks at a lot of artists' websites, like for me, like that's so helpful because it gets mm-hmm. it allows me to put a face to the work. It also yeah. allows me to le- learn more about you, particularly I think artist biographies are so important. And actually that's and I've said many, many times in the interviews, but like that's one of the biggest reasons why I want to interview somebody. Mm-hmm. if you can write a good artist statement or a good biography, then I know you're going to talk about your work very well. It's mm-hmm. it's to me that tells me that you're you've considered your work and that you know mm-hmm. you haven't. It's it means something. You have something to say. Um, it's not the only criteria I use, but that's like a huge factor in terms of who I want to talk yeah. to. Obviously, as well as am I interested in their work? Do they have something that I want to ask them? Mm-hmm. Which is the biggest one. But it's kind True. of but it's sorry. Um, no, continue. Uh,
0: I was just going to say, like you know, at the beginning of this, you asked me. Uh, if I thought art education was important in yeah. in this in this path, and uh, I said not necessarily, but I think one of the things that art school will bring you is this understanding of the importance of talking about your work and describing it and being yes. able to put it into words, whereas before you know you're just kind of creating things and not necessarily. I say not necessarily because some people do, but like, you're not necessarily thinking about how to explain it, why Mm. you're doing it, how to put it into words, how to like actually write about it and post it online in a way that's very like, you know, like this is the thing that I have come to the conclusion of, or, you know, it feels like very, like you're crystallizing a version of explaining your work in a text and you're putting it out there. So that's kind of a big deal if like you've never done that before. And I think that that confidence can come from art school, but not necessarily, or like that understanding of the importance of doing it.
1: So, yes, because then you you have an idea of what kind of questions your work is asking, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that I think people forget is that anything you create asks some form of question or it donates to some form kind, so it or it denotes to an answer to a question. Mm-hmm. Like you, anything you create is about something. And I think you kind mm-hmm. of have to work backwards sometimes. You know, you have to, uh, what's the term for it? Um, professor engineer, that's it. <laughs> of course. Oh yeah,
0: reverse action. engineer.
1: Yeah, like sometimes you have to like reverse engineer why you're doing something.
0: Uh just one thing I want to say about yeah. that is um
1: yeah.
0: I don't know if you know the expression the absence of a political opinion is a political opinion in and of itself. And so, you know, even in art if you don't necessarily think that you have something specific that you want to express through it, that's fine as well. Like that can be your position as well. Like yeah. if it's beauty for beauty's sake, then that's a thing that's, yeah, that's just as acceptable valid, as well yeah. exactly yeah. it's valid too but you have to know that you're doing this and you have to know that you've come to this conclusion and that's why you want to do it like if it's just an aesthetic thing for you then fine but like even a purely aesthetically beautiful image can have uh you know an intention behind it or like a meaning behind it even if it's even if you're just looking at it from like the finished product that's that's a beautiful thing but that basically you know even if you do just want to make beautiful pictures it's fine as well but like you have to have thought it out and come to the conclusion that it's it's okay for you to do that or that that's what you want to do you know
1: oh absolutely and going back to something you said earlier about kind of just like being a bit resistant to you know say creating time lapses and stuff I feel like one thing that we don't really often think about is that that Creating the "quote unquote" content to do that, like particularly reels and stuff, like it's very disruptive to your practice of you actually just sitting down and creating. So, sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to sit down and create work, and you don't want to have to think about oh wait, I need separate camera. Oh wait, I have to make sure that you know the studio looks tidy or whatever. Or oh, I have mm-hmm. to document the space because you want to just create. And I think sometimes, like I love seeing time lapses. I love seeing creative mm-hmm. reels. I love all that kind of stuff. It's very interesting. But I also do sometimes wonder, like, how much of is that? Like, how much of that is a hindrance to an artist and their actual flow of creativity not even just the work itself
0: true and I think that'll probably depend on the individual artist as well but like i know that for me personally at first it would definitely be disruptive because it's not natural for me to be like let me just set up different camera angles to what i'm doing or like think about like the angles and the lighting and all this stuff like i i just wouldn't do it and i don't necessarily work in a very like linear way where it would make for a great time lapse like sometimes i paint an entire thing and then i like cover it up and then paint something else and you know like i don't think that would be a very interesting time lapse or like maybe it would but i don't know like it's i feel like if you're painting and thinking about the fact that you're filming you're gonna like make certain oh, choices that you may not 100%. make otherwise
1: 100 mm-hmm. percent. because when a camera is present the whole atmosphere changes when you're aware of a camera present everything mm-hmm. changes like you're very yeah. aware of how you're moving what you're doing how things look and mm-hmm. not just that like a lot of people are like oh let's make this aesthetically pleasing and it's like that's not reality your studio mm-hmm. isn't going to be neon pink aesthetically pleasing you know exactly velvet carpet, have velvet carpet in the studio? Yeah. I don't know but you know it's not going to be like that
0: existed before reels as well Like, um, you know like the uh, the kind of like stereotype of uh, women posing in front of their paintings but who take up more space in the painting yeah. or you know like that existed even as like images as well it's just it's become more present now that like video content is, oh, is it, out there.
1: Absolutely I actually saw a really interesting post the other day and there was an artist in front of one of their image finished pieces Mm-hmm. Great artist, great image. But they were just like, oh, hello, everybody. By the way, the art, this piece behind me is for sale. And I was just a bit like, so are you actually asking people, are you actually intending to say hello to people and seeing how people are, or is you just trying to sell your work? Because mm-hmm. there's two different ways of doing that, you know? And, and I kind of feel like it, it can be very hard because in some ways you always have to be self promoting. But in another way, like, you know, you also want to build a community. And it it, it must be kind of hard to balance that between the mm-hmm. you know the, that fine line between of you know having an audience that's going to buy your work but also praising the audience that only just watch your work
0: true and i i don't think i'm very good at that but um i find that like the times where i've had the most interest towards my art is when i'm not trying to promote it so i think there's definitely a fine line to find like i mean if people feel like you're trying to sell them th- something they won't be interested or they'll kind of have a resistance to it i find whereas if you're just excited to share your work and show it. I think people will respond to that. But um yeah. yeah, I think you know, if your intention is really just like to stage something in a way that you're trying to sell it to them then it's probably not going to work as well.
1: I think there is a like an 80/20 rule. So 80% of stuff you share that's other people's stuff or other content and 20% mm-hmm. of it is your own. So that way you're not sharing everything of of yours all the time constantly mm-hmm. bombarding people but you're mm-hmm. also promoting yourself as well because at the end of the day you want to be paid for what you do that's kind of why you're here or True. at least that's why most people are here not everybody that's why most people are here yeah it-
0: but i think part of like the you know 80 20 thing would be um showing things that are also of interest to people like it can be your own stuff but if you're teaching them how to use a medium or how to use something or yeah. if you're showing them uh like a behind the scene behind the scenes kind of thing that they wouldn't otherwise see like that can part that can count as part of like Not promoting yourself but it's still content that you're
1: showing that was it that was very similar to what you've just said and the idea of like Mm -hmm. how much do you how much do you try to show and support other artists as well as your Mm -hmm. own that's what I wanted to Mm -hmm. ask you
0: okay yeah um I definitely should do a lot more of that because there are so many artists that I that I follow that I admire or like whose work I find exceptional but um yeah I've been Basically, the past last year, I've been finding it hard to just be online in general and just like put in that effort to (laughs) (laughs) show things online. And I think a large part of that was um, I had to spend so much effort on like doing all the administrative stuff to making the transition to becoming a full-time artist and all that. And also just like this being so sick of being online because of the pandemic. Um, Like in the beginning, it was just we were all online. Everything was happening online, like all of the classes, the... um, you know whatever workshops or like anything yeah. or like exhibitions and being stuff, yeah. friends exhibitions like everything and it was just too much and so i had this like adverse reaction to it where i just was unable to do it and i just wanted to spend time like with people in in the flesh and uh, actually doing things outdoors and other things so it's um i used to be a lot more uh active and like showing other people's work and everything and i'm going to get back more into it like after i've moved and i have more time and energy to put into all that course, yeah. but yeah, I've been focusing on other things a lot, but yeah, I think it definitely is important. And also just to show other people that um, it's it's not a competition and they're, yeah. it doesn't just have to be about like your followers only seeing your work or only seeing your stuff. And it's really not healthy to just think about it in that way. Like just to see that you're part of a larger community and that you're inspired and influenced by other people's work as well.
1: Yeah, because I have a friend I'm not going to mention any names, but um, (laughs) I was talking to him a while ago about his account. He was telling me that, you know, his reach is low. Obviously everybody's reach is low, but he was telling me about his Instagram saying you know, his reach (laughs) is low. He wants to get like, build more of a better audience or at least kind of engage more people. So I said to him, why don't you share other people's work? Because, you know, know, that's a great way to engage with other people, with the people that, you know, whose work you're sharing and also other people who will be interested in that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they're a bit like, oh, no, I'm fine. I don't really want to do that. That's not what my account's about. And it's like, Mm. I understand that. and I respect that. But you can't just expect people to like what you're doing because you're posting online. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to have kind of, you have to give back. You know, you can't just take. And I think social media, you know, I think we have to remember that it's a give and take. You can't just expect people to like what you do Mm -hmm. and take that as face value. Because, you know, as I said in my last interview, I feel like if you have a large following or if you have any following, you have some sense of responsibility of the audience you have to kind of speak to them. Like there are uh, certain Instagram pages that I really love, but I know they don't interact with the audience. And it's like, mm-hmm. you have a following and you have an audience that is that are, that are able to be engaged, but you don't engage with them. Like, why would you not? Because that could benefit you in the future, whether that's through monetary purposes or whether that's just creating conversation and mm-hmm. building a community. It's like, I don't know. It seems to me like a lot of places... And I don't want to sound cynical, but even though I sound cynical, but it seems like a mm-hmm. lot of places say they want to build community, but they don't actually ask any questions or actually have any discussions or actually try to create a community. And I think it's, yeah, or
0: they don't try to engage in any way.
1: Yeah. And I think that's kind of strange. Like I post polls and questions all the time and yeah, it, people may not see them or people may not care about them, but I kind of feel like as long as I do it, it shows people that I actually want to know about them. Because I'm very mm-hmm. much interested in people. I'm very much interested in artists. Otherwise, I won't mm-hmm. be doing this. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing for me. Like, social media should be social.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I think you go about it in a very good way and, like, in a very sane way where you're trying to connect with people and get to know yeah. them. And, um, like, as you mentioned, like, open questions and dialogue as well. So that's great.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I just feel like we all need a community. we all need to figure out that you know as you said earlier it's not competition this is Mm -hmm. you know you need other people for support that you can rely on so like say for instance if you're having a rough patch or if your work's not selling very well or if you have any questions about the wider business side of art particularly there are Mm -hmm. people you can ask that will help you with the right intentions you know for like from your best interests you know and Mm -hmm. i think it's easy to feel isolated as an artist because you're not building community for yourself or you're not being part of a community and actually Mm -hmm. that is a question to ask you like do you feel like you are part of a wider art community
0: um yes and no uh well you know when I mentioned that during the beginning of the pandemic I started uh spending more time online and starting like talking more to other artists online um, a big part of that was a community called Kanyo which Mm. I think you're familiar with Um, Uh,
1: I'm very familiar with yes okay
0: yeah uh so they were a big part of of like feeling like I was part of a larger community even if um uh, like I don't necessarily have the same interest in terms of like what I produce in terms of art as other people in Canyón necessarily uh, like yeah. they there's a lot of interest towards like portraiture and stuff um, yeah, like not exclusively absolutely. but there is a big yeah. like focus on that whereas I have no interest in that yeah. um, but that's okay but like I met so many great people through Kenyo, and I still speak with a lot of them and just knowing that uh, like where wherever they are in the world I know that these people I can I can write to them and ask them either technical yeah. questions or existential questions or just send them a stupid meme or or yeah. whatever and that's it's it's really great because otherwise it can feel pretty isolated or pretty lonely, and especially when you have, you know, this like very specific interest towards something that like most of the population does not care about. <laughs> like, yeah. Even if you are a very successful painter, most of the people on the planet will not know who you are, and and that's fine. Oh, yeah. It's like a very like niche thing as well. But uh, yeah, so just to know that you have other people out in the world that you can talk to who are equally interested in like having very drawn out conversations about like what kind of painting medium you're using or like why you do this or or just like sending garbage to because they also have like that sense of humor and those affinities. That's great.
1: And it's also great because they understand you. They understand where you're coming from. And they also understand like the trials and tribulations of being an artist. Because Mm -hmm. if you were to talk to your friends and family about it, they might not understand. They'll just be like, well you know, this is the life you signed up for or whatever, when it's actually like, it's much deeper than that. Like, Mm
0: -hmm. particularly
1: when it comes to like self-doubt and imposter syndrome, you know, things Mm -hmm. that everybody goes through, it's great to have people to talk to about that because otherwise it can very much ruin your career and ruin the the, the joy of creating.
0: Exactly. And if you don't know that other people are experiencing those things, or if you can't ask them how they personally deal with it, then you're kind of alone with that. And, you know, it can be very alienating to just not know how to deal with that
1: absolutely so I actually want to get into your exhibitions because I'm kind Mm -hmm. of curious about kind of just like I mean the question best question to ask is like how did you get into exhibiting your work
0: Mm -hmm. Um, well actually my boyfriend really was very supportive and really uh, encouraging and he was the first person to really like believe in me and uh, push me to apply to things because I was just like well you know it's not good enough and he's like well you're probably never going to reach a stage where you think it's good enough or finished or done so you should just you know try to put it out there and like be detached from the results of that but just try to kind of share it anyway and you know like also sharing failure or sharing like the earlier part of your practice can be good for other people who are starting out and who who don't feel like they're good enough either but who see that there's like other people going along the same path and who are also like having those same struggles or like trying to figure out those same things with with the same or with different mediums or whatever but like we're still going through that same thing so i think a a big part of that was like having that that support and that encouragement and then just uh just applying to things like um i think we've had this discussion where we were like well you won't get anything if you don't apply to it so just send send your work to people or send it to like open calls or or whatever you see and there are a lot of of open calls well depending on where you are in the world but like there are there are others that that accept international applications as well but like I've been mostly focused on uh showing my work locally in Montreal where I am um yeah so a big part of that is just like getting over that initial fear of like I'm not good enough and like I can't send my stuff and just sending it out and knowing that like even if in five years time like my work will probably be a lot better like more interesting than it is now it doesn't mean that what I'm doing now can't be shown or can't be you know like worthy of being shown or like won't speak to someone you know
1: Absolutely. And your solo show, like, how did that come about?
0: A bit of the same thing where, like, I, I saw that there was an open call for a gallery that shows a lot of emerging artists called uh, Ostenfeld Gallery. And, um, yeah, so I just sent my application. I sent, uh, I had to send a portfolio, biography, artist CV, um, you know, like just a, a complete kind of kind of thing and I had to describe what I wanted to show for the exhibition so I I presented the project of uh, disturbing strangeness Um, so basically I I told them that I wanted to make a 3D maquette and that I wanted to do a series of paintings based on this physical thing that I was creating and they, uh, they accepted and they told me that I could show my work there and they sent me the dates and everything. So then I had to like work towards that, that deadline and the dates ended up changing a little bit. So it was, I had a little bit less time than a plan to work on the exhibition. And I was doing another project before that, that ended up taking more time. So I ended up not exactly finishing everything that I wanted to do for that exhibition, but I'm still glad that I did it. And I'm still glad that I was able to show it and and still like develop that concept.
1: See, that's amazing. I think that's, Say that's even better because it's like it's an opportunity you saw and you're like i'm gonna go for that you know and i think mm-hmm. that's like the best thing and it just kind of just goes to show like as you said like apply for things because you never know you know it's like there's a piece of advice somebody gave me a long time ago when i very first started the five food bowl like 10 years ago mm-hmm. um and it's very at the infancy of another university i interviewed a fashion designer called rufus dixon And at that time, I was just doing written interviews, and I always asked every artist if they had a piece of advice for other artists. Mm -hmm. And his piece of advice has always stuck with me for the last 10 years, which is funny. And his advice was always create work, because you never know that the next image you create could be the thing that takes off. And Mm -hmm. as simple as that is, it's so true. Same way of like, apply for things, because you never Mm -hmm. know that next application could be the thing that starts your career. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you just don't know. Those times are so uncertain.
0: That's true. And yeah, and about like just creating work, I think that's so important because there's no, um I think that inspiration or like whatever we call inspiration comes as you're working. So it's not something that is like a prerequisite to doing the work. It's something that happens as you're doing things. And oftentimes ideas for other paintings come as you're doing something else. Like even, you know, if you're making something that you think is a mistake or if you like drop something or whatever, then maybe that'll give you an idea to like work with the material a certain way for the yeah. next time. Or like maybe you'll, discover a color palette that you absolutely want to work with and that will become a series or you know, you just never know but like really the important thing is to just do the work like just get in the studio and do something even if it's stupid and even if you are doubting yourself like even if you just um, even if you just want to go through uh, like creating something in order to get over an artist block like just do exercises or just do like composition studies or just do a, a master copy or do whatever but like as long as you're actually working i think you're you're on the right track you know instead of just like waiting for you know the magical thing to strike or like magical inspiration or like for some gallery to contact you like just that's not going to happen that way or if it does good for you but that's not like the normal the normal route
1: <laughs> so do you actually have any advice for artists who might be looking to exhibit their work
0: uh yeah well i would say to um really plan uh, to really like focus on building a portfolio to really have a well-written biography, a well-written artist statement. And um, so start by reading other people's biographies, artist statements, uh, all that, like look up their CVs online. A lot of artists have their CVs on their website. So you can also see where they started from, like which galleries that they start exhibiting at when they were just starting out or when they were still students or recently graduate, uh, recently, recently graduated. So you can kind of like follow through that process and don't like, you know find the most prestigious gallery that you know of and send them your work because if you have like you kind of have to build up to certain things so you can't yeah. like just uh you know like kind of cold call the most prestigious gallery in your area and expect them to be receptive to this like that's not how it works. So you have to like really put in the time, put in the work, do all this stuff and also like be ready for for opportunities. Like really get everything ready for when these things start happening for you. So if you don't have a website, well there are a bunch of free or practically free websites that you can build for yourself like just have an online space that is that is yours that you that you curate if you will or that like you control and that look professional and take yourself seriously because if you don't then you can't expect other people to take you seriously either so I think it's really just kind of like setting everything up so that when you do apply, like you're confident in what you're showing and you don't feel like, oh, well, here's my Instagram, you know, like whatever. I kind of have a few pieces. So <laughs> you know, like, yeah. have it be more professional than just sending them your Instagram and hoping that they they want to like produce an entire show of you because it's also like being conscious of the fact that for a gallery like giving you a show is also a risk because they're like spending time uh energy they have like staff on site they have like this space that they're that they're lending you and like all of these other things so like really just see it from their point of view as well
1: that's really good advice and i I especially agree about the website because i feel like yes you can have a free website but you have to remember like this is an investment in yourself and Mm -hmm. to be fair websites aren't that much money in the in the grand scheme of the things you like your materials are going to cost more than your website most likely Um, yeah and it's an investment in yourself and I kind of feel like I know a lot of photographers particularly without websites and I understand photography is a different ball game but like if you can afford a camera for a few thousand pounds you can probably afford Mm -hmm. a website for a couple hundred pounds like and it's not I say that like not everybody has that kind of money which I understand but it's like as you said, if you want to take yourself like take yourself seriously, like at the end mm-hmm. of the day, if you want to be a professional, or at least you want to appear more professional and have better opportunities, and you, you're right, I, I highly agree with your advice. Like, you know, present yourself in the best possible way because that way you are catch people's attentions.
0: Exactly, you know, people- and even if you have self doubt, like that's fine, and everyone does, and everyone feels like an imposter, and like maybe <laughs> right after you send your portfolio, you feel like. Uh, they're never going to choose me because I don't know what I'm doing. That's fine, but like send it anyway, but present it in a way that looks confident, even if you aren't
1: confident. Yes, I would like your advice a lot. I feel like you need to have a lot of cool sound bites with random pieces of advice that you need to give. I think <laughs> no, I think you do. I think you have a lot of really cool advice to give, which is why I like having these conversations because you people wouldn't hear this if we didn't have this conversation. Mm-hmm. So. True so Mm -hmm. I just want to get into I kind of I guess I really want to touch upon it more than dive into it because I don't think it's always that necessary although maybe it is but let's talk a bit about social media Mm -hmm. um because I think it's I don't know I feel like it's a very important part of contemporary art nowadays particularly in terms of you being an artist and having to navigate through it so like like the initial Mm -hmm. question really is kind of like what are your thoughts on social media and how does it impact your practice
0: um well I find that A lot of the opportunities that I've had as an artist have happened because of social media. Uh, So I really enjoy it for those reasons. But I know on the other hand that like it's also really impacted the way that people create work and the way like our relationship to our work as well. Like I think um, we have to be very conscious about the way that we use it and to know that, uh, for example, it's not sane to want to show a finished work every single day if you don't do like Things that lend themselves well to this and to like really understand who you are as an artist and how that fits into social media, I think works a lot better than to try to just fit whatever you do into what is expected of you or what you feel is expected of you. And I think that you have to also kind of, um, you have to also be, you have to distance yourself from the expectations of, you know, external success through social media, because I find that if you are constantly looking for validation from social media, you're going to, constantly be either disappointed or you're going to think that like your best work isn't doing well so maybe you're going to start doubting what you do and um yeah so I think it can kind of be unhealthy in that way so I think if you use it as a tool and you are conscious of it being like just this thing that you use that's a professional tool it can be a great thing but you have to really be careful to not let it take too much space in your art practice in and of itself
1: So does knowing that your work is going to be viewed primarily online change the way you create the work?
0: Um, Not necessarily. Um, Like I know that, for example, the large scale pieces that I've been working on don't necessarily translate well online, or at least not on Instagram. with like the square format and like the, you know, like specific sizing and all that. Like it, it doesn't translate very well. Like some people who do large scale works make it work very well online, but I, I don't know, like I haven't uh, been able to do that. And that's okay. Like, cause I know that it's more important for me to make work that I'm happy with than it is to like make work that shows very well online. Um, But I definitely feel frustration towards like knowing that what the image that I show doesn't do justice to like the painting that I've made or like, like sometimes it does, but not always. Or um, for example, like there's this, large scale painting that i recently completed for my exhibition that i haven't even posted on instagram because i haven't found like a satisfactory way of showing it so it's on my website it's just not on on instagram yet but it's like a a six foot painting and it's not at all a square format and i didn't feel like photoshopping it into like a an artificial environment where like you see it with like designer couches and all that i (laughs) I didn't want to get into that
1: (laughs) that's a a really good point because like the way in which art is presented is gonna have a huge impact on the way that your art is perceived. And I, that's mm-hmm. a kind of a good point because I when you say about designing couches and art, I, there's a lot of artists that come to mind. Um like mm-hmm. both and that's not a good or bad thing, but it's just kind of like it does make me think sometimes Instagram especially because that's you know kind of like at the moment at least for now the main kind of social media. But like mm-hmm. the problem is that images can be very much like dissociated from anything else. You know people see your images one by one or they'll see your feed together collectively. And it yeah. kind of makes me wonder, like, how much time do people really spend looking at an image, particularly somebody like you, or, like, many of artists who their work is very detailed, that, you know, it's about something other than just the actual physical aesthetic mm-hmm. image. And it's kind of like, I do often wonder, like, how, as an artist, do you try and get people to stay with your work without embellishing it, without trying mm-hmm. to make people, you know, without doing, like, a song and dance and making it sparkle or whatever, as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, you know, how to keep an audience's eyes on your work based purely on the work you're creating as opposed to Mm -hmm. anything else
0: well i think in terms of social media you have to try to present it in the best way that you can for your art and then um kind of dissociate from how it's perceived or how it's received because you don't have control over that like i can take the best picture of it i can make the best post about my artwork but if i either post at the wrong time or like you know whatever other algorithm algorithm things happen that your work isn't shown then you have to not take it personally. And So in the past year, I've been more focused on trying to build my art career locally and on um, exhibiting my work in person instead of just like showing it online. Whereas before that, it was very like Instagram. Here's my work. You can see it here. And, and that's about it, you know. Uh, so now I'm, I'm worried more about like having a portfolio that I can send to art open calls and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but I think I need to find a balance between like Instagram and the rest as well, because like I know that I've been really neglecting showing my stuff on social media. But uh I have people who message me sometimes and are like, "Oh, I miss seeing your work, or what are you working on?" And I find that so sweet that they actually like yes. remember that I exist, still reach out to me, and are like, "What are you working on?" And like genuinely want to know, you know, because especially in a world where you're saturated with with a bunch of artists and a bunch of images, like to actually remember that someone exists and to want to know what they're up to, oh, yeah. I find that's like such a, a huge compliment. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think because we forget, like we forget. Like there's different sides of the spectrums so We forget that people actually just don't really care, mm-hmm. to be very honest. And then we forget people actually do very much care, you know. Yeah. And you're on that sliding scale, like, you know, somebody might see your work tomorrow and love your work, and they'll be with your work for like maybe six months and then you'll fall off. And then maybe mm-hmm. a year later, they'll rediscover it again and be like, oh, I remember, Crystal, her work is gorgeous. Let's have a look at it again. And mm-hmm. I'm I like, I know that from personal experience of all the people I speak to. And, the kind of now I'm thinking about that as pro bad to say, but like, kind of the way in which I talk to certain people a lot at certain periods of time, and then I might not speak to them for a few months and then we'll, we'll catch back up again. Yeah, it's kind and of and like, I think it depends yeah.
0: also on like what you're interested in at the time, or you know, kind of the same thing with like different friends, depending on like what you're yeah, into at the time, like you'll you'll you know be closer or a bit less close to some people at times, and it just comes and goes, and just part of the ebb and flow of life,
1: <laughs> of course. And I think it's, it, it's definitely especially for me at the minute it's everything I need to remember because I'm of the opinion that somehow with the limited time I have that I can talk to everybody all the time and it just Mm -hmm. doesn't work like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work hence my post of the day about potentially having a hiatus from social media and from the playing football because it's just like you can't talk to everybody at once it's just it's Mm -hmm. not possible yeah it's Um, not sustainable it's, it's very much not and I'm learning that very much the hardware I think now so it's kind of interesting and it's funny because somebody actually messaged me on Instagram just like 20 minutes ago saying they met, they <laughs> responded to that that story saying are oh, you okay <laughs> And I'm just like this is a person I've spoken to in March and I, ha- I met him in March and I have not spoken to him that much since and I'm like mm, didn't have to respond to that I'll get back to you later but um, I think it's kind of interesting that we forget that you know you have to also take time for yourself as well as creating like You can't just create, create, create all the time. You have to also take a break. You have to also live life as well. Like that's some weird advice I'm giving to everybody nowadays.
0: Yeah, and like living life is what's going to feed your art as well. Because if you're just constantly creating, like what are you creating about? Or like what experiences are feeding what you're creating? Whereas if you're out in the world, interacting with people, seeing things like being part of something, then you're going to have ideas and you're going to have things that you want to express about that. And I think like having... I think it comes down to like having a balance of creative time alone time and time with others where you're like doing things and experiencing things and uh, also time where you're doing research readings and whatever else like feeds your specific practice as well.
1: Yeah because I feel like there has to be a balance between you have to create work and then you have to market the work you've created you can't just keep creating all the time because Mm -hmm. yes it's cool to always be creating it's good to always be in that zone of wanting to create work and being motivated but Mm -hmm. like you can very much easily end up with a studio full of work that will never sell because you haven't marketed it, but you're still creating more work. Like True. There, There is a point in time which you have to stop and actually kind of take stock of what you've done and be like, hey, cool, what can I do with this now?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that comes down to also like, what do you want in terms of an art career, if any, you know, because if you just do art because it feels right and because you need to make art and you don't want to do it as a career, that's completely fine as well. Like I, um, I know an artist who I really admire who has a full-time job that he does, but he's an incredible artist and he knows that he could probably make a living off of it, but he doesn't want to because he doesn't want to have to make those uh, like decisions or, or do those things that he would have yeah. to do in order for it to be like a, a career or like a... Yeah. Uh, you know for it to be monetized and I really respect that because I think a lot of people try to go the opposite route where they're like well I've been painting for six months it's time to make it my career you know it's like well no it doesn't have to be your career and you can just do it for fun and that's perfectly fine as well and you can still show your work even if it's just for fun and it doesn't have to be monetized or
1: I 100% stand by that I really respect that opinion because I kind of feel like and maybe this is just me, because I did post this a question ages ago and people were like very much the opposite. But I feel like there's a huge stigma around artists that do art part-time. I feel mm-hmm. like people are like, you know, oh, you're not a proper artist if you do it part-time. Where I completely disagree. I think the fact you create art for the most part makes you an artist. And I feel like mm-hmm. so, what if you have a part-time job or if you have a day job or, or you know, if you're creating art on the side, you're still an artist. Just because yeah. you're not making all of your income from from art doesn't mean that you're less of an artist than somebody that is. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, people might think differently. But I kind of feel like there needs to be, like, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I think there needs to be less of a stigma around it. And people need to also realize, like, there's nothing wrong with having a full-time job or a part-time job and doing art on the side. And even if you mm-hmm. want to move into a career or a side hustle, nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah, true. But it also comes with, it's a lot of problems that you don't yeah. have if you're just doing it. um yes you know like while you also have a job because like having that financial stability or having some sort of like stability or even just having something else that you identify as or that you do with a a good portion of your time takes a lot of pressure away from your art making in and of yeah. itself like if you're uh if you're just identifying as an artist and you have to make a living off of it i think your relationship to your art is going to be different and you have to find a way at first to like handle that because it can easily be overwhelming and it can it can get to be like too much or like paralyzing, even.
1: Yeah, because you're restrained to having to make art all day, every day. And if you don't mm-hmm. make art all day, every day, then your finances are going to suffer. And if your finances mm-hmm. are going to suffer, the quality of life is going to suffer. And if that suffers, you know, your mental health might suffer. And then, you know, it, it kind of cascades down and down and down. Whereas in like, if you have like a different job or if you work, if even if you'd like do volunteer work or whatever, that takes you out of your art and you have time mm-hmm. to think and kind of reflect upon what you're doing and then you get back into it and kind of with a different mindset and a different set of eyes like so I think I get yeah, I would have agree with that I think it's it's actually quite important to remember to to take a break away from doing art all the time even if you're working even if you're a full-time artist I feel like you, as you said earlier that like you need time where you go and take a walk where you go and see friends where you go and be mm-hmm. social where you go and just kind of recharge your batteries go on a holiday take a break because creating is great but you can very much burn yourself out just by constantly working. Like there's, as a as I'm thinking today to myself this morning, like there's a fine line between working hard and overworking. And exactly. you have to really toe that line.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, I think it's easy to burn out creatively if you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself or if it's like the thing that is bringing in your, your income, you know, because there's just, I don't know, there's just like so much more expectation or so much more pressure from yeah. it. And um, if it's something that you do like, evenings and weekends after your job then it's something that you're going to do like for fun and that's going to be relaxing for you and you have to hang on to that when it transitions into being your career if it does at all you know
1: absolutely like absolutely mm-hmm. so i'm kind of really curious actually so what kind of feedback do you get on your work and also what feedback do you like to give
0: um the kind of feedback that i get um well during my exhibition for example i got to speak with uh, with a lot of people who came by and Uh, I think people are generally very positive in the feedback that they give. Um, So there was very little like critique or uh, like constructive stuff. But also, I think I would expect that more in a like work in progress stage of my work. Whereas if I'm, you know, in the gallery showing my work, then I think, you know, I'm saying like, well, this is finished and this is where it's at currently. So I think people feel less, um, you know, welcome to give like more critique, uh, which is fine because I think also like at that point where I was showing my work in the gallery, I was like, I've worked so hard on this and like I feel kind of brain dead from like those couple of weeks where I was just painting and just in the studio. Yeah. So I'll take the compliments like anytime it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, but before that stage, I do like to get more uh constructive feedback or like I, I would like people to tell me if they think something isn't working or if something is overworked or if something just you know whatever like constructive kind of thing that they can have about it. Um, so that's the kind of feedback that I enjoy getting. Um, I think my friends that aren't in the art world uh, will mostly tell me like they like it or they don't like it or, you know, things more along along that line. So it won't necessarily be like, oh, you could fix this part of the composition or, or, you know, like whatever technical thing isn't working, uh, which is fine too. The, the thing I do not enjoy is when people tell me you should paint this. I've had a lot of that, like especially in the beginning where I was still, you know, just trying a lot of stuff and I had a lot of friends who were super supportive but who were like, you should paint whatever subject and they would like tell me whatever their opinion was of what my art career should be and you know it came from a place of them wanting me to succeed so it was very sweet but it's also very confusing when like from everyone around you you hear like you should paint this you should paint that you should stop painting this this sells this works and you're you're like well I'm still just figuring it out for myself so I don't want to hear like what you think will sell well and what you think I should be painting because that's not the sort of thing that I enjoy
1: (laughs) absolutely but that's also interesting because that's from somebody who doesn't necessarily know the art industry and just because Mm -hmm. from the outside they think it will sell well doesn't mean that it will sell well true and
0: even if it does that doesn't mean that I want to cater to that you know like
1: absolutely because you're creating art for a more deeper purpose than just selling work like obviously being paid for for your art is a goal but it's not the Mm -hmm. only goal you know exactly and I think people who don't necessarily partake in art or have any kind of consideration towards it don't necessarily understand that because true I think every artist will understand that but I don't think people who are artists will do in something because you know I think a lot of people the general as I like to say you know they're very much black and white about art you either make money off it or you don't and it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's actually there's so many different shades of gray in between you know that actually you don't have as you said earlier you don't have to make money off it and you yeah. can just enjoy it for the sake of doing it you know whether it's time or not you know if you don't want to watch Netflix and you want to create a piece of art, nothing wrong with that, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. True. And also um, I think that, you know, like for for me personally, and for a lot of other professional artists that I know, a lot of their revenue isn't just from selling their work. It's also from either teaching or from artist grants or from artist residencies. So there's that whole like aspect of, of your, of your career that, is independent from actual art sales. So it's okay to make things that don't sell and that aren't like necessarily popular or that don't like catch on because sometimes you have to paint something or you have to create something that is important to you or that like has a meaning, but it isn't necessarily aesthetically pleasing that someone's not going to want above their, their couch, you know, and that's okay too because you have to just create those things that you want to create and feel like you're independent from like the commodification of your art itself. And, um, yeah, so I think sometimes it's important to do things just for the sake of of doing them and without thinking about if they sell or not. And I think, uh, yeah, like if you're really seeing it from like a a bigger perspective of like this is your career and this is what you want to do, then you have to seek out other other avenues as well,
1: yeah. I think the idea of like passive income, for instance, for artists is a good way of thinking about it, you know, things like workshops, mm-hmm. things like teach classes, things like, you know, licensing your work for instance you know things Mm -hmm. that people don't necessarily automatically assume that people are doing when they look at an artist selling like originals for thousands of pounds like that's a really good consideration that's actually a really good piece of advice for any artist listening and the idea of like think about how else you can sell your work without actually selling your work directly because Mm -hmm. there are plenty of other opportunities and other avenues open to you that you you might not have thought about that could actually be potentially more beneficial Or I can just put some money in the bank here and there as you go along. That could really help you.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, and one of the things that I wanted to mention uh, earlier, you asked about advice for other artists. And I forgot to mention this. But one of the things that was kind of a game changer for me was to start making prints of my work. Um, Because before it was like, well, you have this one physical painting and you sell it and that's it. You know, you've you've sold your painting and that's it. But if you're making, um, in my case, I do limited edition prints of some of my work. And uh, so you you create an edition of whatever size you want. So for example, like I'll do a limited edition of 15 prints of one specific painting in one size, and I number them, I sign them. And you know, once they're they're (coughs) sold, they're sold, but like, it still gives you the opportunity to have prints that you can sell from the same artwork that you've already sold. Uh, But it also makes it uh, it also keeps it affordable because not everyone can afford an original, you know, regardless of the price that you choose to to sell it at. It's still, you know, prints keep it more uh, more affordable, more accessible. And it also means that more people can have access to your work and, and have it in their homes and enjoy it in a different way. And I think that like keeping it accessible is important for me. So prints were definitely a game changer. And it also meant that like I could start making more money off of off of my art even like you know like artists hate talking about money in general and like hate talking about like that aspect of it it feels like we're selling out but like we really should stop having that relationship to money where like we we feel like it's a bad thing like if you can do what you love and people want it in their homes and they buy it like that's just the best of both worlds you know and it doesn't have to be a bad thing.
1: yeah because i was going to say like your prints actually are very affordable and i think that's mm-hmm. really one of the great things is that not only is the quality of your work great but you're selling it at a price in which both you're comfortable with but also that is approachable approachable affordable and um accessible for people because it's like mm-hmm. uh, there are definitely a few artists i've spoken to who have said to me like oh i don't want everybody to buy my art i want only people with you know a certain income to buy it or i only cater kind of people you know kind of like high upper echelon, or, like they have like you know fair enough they have like a standard for who wants to purchase their work but mm-hmm. at the same time I also always think that the more you can disseminate your work the more people will get to see it the more people will get to enjoy it the more people will be intrigued and, and you know talk about it mm-hmm. I have True. a good you know I have a good friend Ryan Dean House, who sells really affordable prints and he's told me that a lot of people see his work in other people's houses and inquire mm-hmm. and it's like word of mouth is the best way to get recognition for your work so it can it can work out really well in your favor so
0: Mm -hmm. and just in terms of someone who like hasn't always had a lot of money to buy art and who still wanted to either support an artist or just have some of their work in my house like I found that prints were a great way to do that and um, it doesn't have to be something that only like the the super rich can afford to do and like I think art is something that speaks or has a potential to speak to everyone and so it should have the potential to you know be in the lives of
1: most people oh 100% like the prints I have I have four prints here and none of them were particularly expensive not because Mm -hmm. I don't want to spend a lot of money but just because I don't have that much money and I don't have this space and you know it's Mm -hmm. like I would love to have a huge original painting on my wall that'd be amazing but like (laughs) I don't have a house I rent so it's just not feasible and I think if you think about it in terms of like actually maybe your audience are people with not a lot of disposable income or they're not going to be they're not you know, they don't have thousands of pounds to spend on a new piece you know i think mm-hmm. sort of about knowing your audience as well or kind of figuring out your audience as well
0: true yeah and i know that like um the the big art market if you will of like collectors who have a yeah. lot of a lot of money like i think a lot of them view it as an investment as well or like as a way of not paying mm. taxes and mm. so you know perhaps the person who's buying your print for twenty dollars or whatever it is is going to appreciate it more than the person who buys your art in order to store it in order to sell it for more money yeah. in a couple of years you know so yeah because
1: uh, yeah because mm-hmm. there's to me personally there's nothing more sad than somebody purchasing a really famous artist's work and they're just hiding it away yeah like because you know art is always created for the world to see for the mm-hmm. most part and I feel like I guess I guess that gets into the kind of whole commodification of art and kind of making money off it and investing and it's not a bad idea. It's something like that I would love to toy with in the future. But at the same time, it's also like art's not made just to be shit away in a warehouse somewhere so that it gains more value in a few years' time. It's, it's made to be experienced. And I, and I kind of feel mm-hmm. like you're right. I can definitely attest to like the prints I have. I see every day and I love them because you know mm-hmm. they're really cool and they're people I speak to, which is perfect, which is why I want to buy yeah. a piece of your work. You know, mm-hmm. And it, it's nice for me because when I see them, I think about the conversations I've had with people. It's, mm-hmm. it's like... I don't know. There's there's an interesting connection I think with people who, who appreciate your work in different ways. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. That's actually a very interesting consideration in terms of like the different appreciations of your work and the different kind of tiers, I guess, of customers. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at yeah. your it financially, interesting. Actually. And
0: that's not to say that someone with a lot of of means will not appreciate it either. Like, oh, I make it sound like it's you know exclusive <laughs> to one or the other, but obviously that's not the case. It just depends on like you know, who the the people are and what they're actually looking for with the art?
1: Of course. It's like, in my opinion, it's like photo books. It's like, you know, photo books are an investment. You know, you spend 50 to 100 pounds to 200 pounds on a thick book and it's like an investment, but it's not for everybody. You know, uh, print is much more affordable. So it's just like, it's about giving people options, you -hmm. know, and and also opening your audience so that everyone feels like they can access your work and kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know. But then again, it's down to you as an artist to figure out, like, if that's something you want to do, or if you want to cater to a more kind of uh, limited audience, I guess. Yeah. So let's transition into the outro section. So the kind of first outro question I have for you is: It's like, it's actually really about the oversaturation of art. So, like, do you ever worry about the oversaturation of the art industry, and does it ever make you consider that you know your work is just going to get lost in the mix of constant art?
0: Um, I think that in terms of like online viewing and consuming of art it definitely feels oversaturated but uh yeah like I I think when I'm creating I don't think about that necessarily I'm just trying to get to something that is personally meaningful and I find that you know if you get to a place with your art practice where it's like it, it really speaks to you and it has a potential to speak to others it doesn't matter how many other people are out there creating art because if it's something sincere and powerful it will always have its place and so I think for me, it's just important to find exactly where I'm going with my practice and to to get there and to get to something that I'm proud of and to, you know, kind of stop caring about the rest of it. You know, even if there are a lot of other artists and even if, you know, there are a lot of other people who are interested in the landscape and all that, like no one's going to have exactly the same thing to say as me and no one's going to do it in exactly the same manner. So even if there are a lot of artists, it doesn't matter, you know, and it's just I'm glad that there are other People who find pleasure in art, and I'm glad that there are other people doing it. And if anything, it's just going to kind of amplify the interest that we have towards art.
1: Yeah, that's a a really great perspective. Like a really great perspective of that, because I feel like it can sometimes be overwhelming and potentially quite negative. It can kind of quite ruin you. It's a question, actually, that I didn't include on this list, but a cool photography friend of mine called JJ Brandon, who's an incredible photographer. We were talking a while ago about the danger of looking at so much art and how that can impact your own work and like do you ever feel like looking at so much art on a day-to-day basis kind of negatively or positively you know impacts the way in which you create your own work or, or value your own work
0: um I think it can if you're very focused on looking at other things and um kind of either emulating things or or just sometimes stumbling upon something that has already been created that you've been thinking about doing like that's the frustrating part I find of like looking at a lot of art online through Instagram for example is sometimes I have an idea and I think like oh it's a great thing and I'm going to do it and it's going to look somewhat like this and you start like planning it and then you're scrolling along and you come across something you're like oh this is this is what I wanted to do but it's like so much better than I thought that it (laughs) that it was in my brain and so I think that's the part of it that like I find to be a negative experience because sometimes those ideas all I will not do them because I feel like if it's already been done or I feel like it would be copying if I've already seen it now, you know, whereas like, yeah. I know that there's nothing that's, or or it's hard or like practically impossible to be completely original now, considering like how much has been done and just like the vast amount of art that is out there. Um, but like, if you're, if you know that something is out there and that like you've seen it and you, it's already done, like, I think that's, that's when it gets to be like, it's too much. Cause it's already been done. <laughs>
1: So do you think that anyone could be an artist?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Like I think, um, you know, like in different ways, we all have we all have specific aptitudes or we all have our, our like levels of how naturally interested we are in certain things. But I think it comes down to just being interested and curious because there's like, we no longer need to have things that look a certain way or like we've kind of dissociated like the, you know, quote unquote quality from like, the intention and the message of the art. So I think if you have something to express and you feel strongly about it, absolutely just make art and make art about that. And don't worry about like perfecting anything and just, you know, focus on the, on the message and on the thing that you want to make and just do it. And, um, you know, like being an artist doesn't mean that you have to make it a profession either. So I think if you just have like interest in creating art and you don't want to go through like the trouble of making it your profession, then just make art anyway. And it's fine.
1: So in your opinion, what does it mean to be a successful artist?
0: Um, Well, for me, being a successful artist would be creating art that I am personally satisfied with and happy about. So that would be like the ultimate goal. And afterwards, like how that's received is going to be a whole other thing. And I hope that, you know, what I get to in the end is going to speak to other people and it's going to eventually be like, outwardly successful as well but i think the most important part for me is really to just find exactly what i want to do with it and to do that and to get to a point where i don't have the fear of like making bad art or i don't have like these these things blocking me from creating because sometimes i still feel like there's uh that fear that comes into like the creative process of like not being able to do exactly what i want or like the fear of of making a bad painting and then you know that that can sometimes stop you from doing things but um yeah so i think that's like the main part of it but like i think in terms of outwardly successful that's really just going to depend on on every individual and what exactly they want to do with it
1: and how do you measure the success of your own work
0: um from my own work i would say it's how i feel about it and how close i was able to get to what i intended to do with it or if I didn't get to what I intended to do with it, is it better or is it, you know, like going in a different direction that I wasn't expecting but that I'm happy with? I think that would be how I would measure if I'm if I'm successful with it.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. That's a, a really mm-hmm. good way of looking at it because I think it's nice that you're not necessarily so caught cool with the monetary value of your work and you know making mm-hmm. people like you or like you know you're mm-hmm. not you're not after popularity. You're, you you know you're mm-hmm. not after fame. You're after creating an experience and and having conversation and engaging people and you know just kind of you know showing your as I always say to everybody like showing kind of like the um your inner mind Mm through like like as I always say like art is kind of bringing the internal making the internal external like your inner thoughts outward um and I -hmm. think that's a good thing that's a great thing I think that's kind of what art should aim to do in my opinion Exactly,
0: because um, it's like the one thing in your life where you can just do whatever you feel like doing in whatever way you feel is appropriate, and and just doing it, you know. So you shouldn't have to worry about like how it's how it's eventually received, because it's that one place where you have that freedom to to just express whatever you want.
1: But do you think that with like social media guidelines, that creative freedom exists?
0: Um, probably. Not as much as as it should uh, because, I mean, it, all social media are private companies and they get to dictate their terms of service and they get to decide if they ban you or they get to decide whatever they want. So I think if your work is more in the like not safe for work area then you kind of feel unsafe on these platforms but um, with the sort of things that I'm not that I'm interested in that's not something that I worry about Uh, but like I definitely understand how that could hinder the creative process of some people who will like toe that line a little bit more who like are a bit either edgier or who work with more like political or more like nudity or with the human form and who have to worry about like will they get banned? Will their account be shut down? And especially if that becomes their livelihood, like that can have a huge impact. And I I assume that will have an impact on how they create.
1: Yeah, because I just think it's very interesting that, you know, the the notion of artistic freedom and creative freedom and that, you know, the fact that like as an artist, you can do whatever you want. But I also kind of feel like you can do whatever you want within limitations because it's like, you know, you have to think about, you know, not just kind of like reactions from audience, for instance, but also like, Mm -hmm. you know, community guidelines and you know maybe somebody might be offended by a piece of work you know somebody might not like something or they might you know anyone can report your account as much as I'm cynical like anyone can report your account for the most silliest of things and, and you know and kind of really destroy years of hard work and it's it happens quite often so you know something like like beautiful bizarre magazine not that long ago the account got taken down and it's like that's a staple of you know community of of the art community and it's like if it can happen to an account that's like that big it can happen to anybody you know Mm
0: -hmm. true but also um i think you still have that creative freedom no matter what yeah like all of those exterior things entail you can create whatever you want and then you can choose whether or not you want to show it there and if you want to show it at all or where you want to show it actually so those are also things that you can that you can think about but um yeah like i think or I hope anyway that there's going to be a better platform that is more is more tolerant to different points of view or that is less worried about like optics and where people can express things without having to worry about eventually getting banned from it.
1: So I have a question for you from the last artist I interviewed. I actually didn't send you this question. I was completely by mistake. <laughs> so the last artist I interviewed was a really great artist called Trails who creates, you know, he's a neo figurative neo expressionist artist. He does uses like colored pencils to create these really interesting complex images that kind of denote towards our te- the technological society and the way in which we kind of uh, communicate with one another. His work is really, really fascinating. And he's, he's becoming like a really good friend really quickly. I'm um, mm-hmm. somebody I, I very much respect, appreciate and value. It's just super lovely. Um, and it's always nice for me to get to meet people and to get to communicate with people. And, you know, kind of, it just seemed very genuine, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. So his question for you is what is your favorite part of your career
0: of my career or yes. of like art making
1: of your of it can be art making or like art career okay. i guess
0: mm-hmm. um well i guess the favorite part so far has been having my solo exhibition and really having that experience of being able to having just my work on the walls in a like professional setting and having people um that I know from my life or people that I don't know like coming to the exhibition and just getting to see them interact with the work or just getting to hear their questions about it or their comments and just getting to chat with them in that environment um I think that's been my favorite thing so far like just being able to have this this event you know and being present for it and and having that
1: that's nice. Absolutely. And that's such a great answer. And also, it's such a great accomplishment as well. And I want to just say once again, like, you know, congratulations on that because it's not an Thank easy you. feat. And it's, I feel like it's so important to congratulate artists when they have these great things happen to them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as I said to you at the top, I think, you know, we kind of just like assume it's a natural thing for artists to have gallery shows. But just because you have, just because you create art does I mean you'll get a gallery show. And I think it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I hope and I, wish that more people would just congratulate artists because to be honest mm-hmm. it's exciting because now it's like who knows where your career is going to take you because you have the representation and do about and it's like it's in this point on your CV. it's something to show that you know you are not that you weren't before but i like, know you're a serious artist so you mm-hmm. know congratulations I'm, I'm actually really excited to see where you go next because i know mm-hmm. you have a great work ethic so i'm very very, very excited much. to see where you go because every I time i, I talk it's... to you you're like i'm working on this and i'm working on that and i'm like <laughs>
0: what (laughs) (laughs) nice
1: so do you have a question for the next artist interview
0: um yeah I think I would ask them if they couldn't make art anymore what they would do like what would they would do with their lives or with their free time or just what would they do if they couldn't create art anymore
1: would you like to ask your own question
0: (laughs) oh sure um think yeah I think if I couldn't make art anymore I think I would get into small-scale permaculture agriculture Um, that's something I'm super interested in and I think you'll definitely see that kind of intersect into my painting in the next year as I move to the country and start growing a bunch of veggies and become like super intense about that but uh yeah I think that would be something that I would do and that I would feel very fulfilled with because I mean if I couldn't make art and I just had like whatever kind of job you know I would still stay alive but I wouldn't you know be thriving but I think if I was able to do that then it would be I would still feel like I had a great life
1: so um, in your opinion what makes a good piece of art
0: Hmm, um, it's such a complex thing like I think it's if you're able to make a piece of art that's more than the sum of its parts I think that's what makes a good art piece because you know you can have a lot of like really good things happening in the artwork um, in terms of like the more like technical things you know like everything that i've mentioned like composition and and all that stuff like if it's good it'll it'll automatically kind of draw you to it but i think it has to be more than just that i think it has to be able to like hit certain emotional strings or you know to speak to something more than more than just what it is i think it has to be more complex than just like the actual art piece itself
1: so the second part of that question, so double borrow question, is mm-hmm. so what was the last image or piece of media that captivated you and what was it bio that left an impression on you?
0: Oh man, um, I don't actually remember the name of the artist uh, but I saw someone who did a very large-scale painting of uh, like the of a detail of a forest, if you will. So there was just a lot happening in terms of like foliage and, and all this stuff and just so much attention to like every little part of it, but it also worked as a whole as well. So I think that's the last one that comes to mind because I saw it earlier today, but I don't remember the name of the artist. Um, uh, No, I'll, I'll look it up and send you her name, but I can't remember right now.
1: Yes, please do. I'm super interested. And actually, that gives mm-hmm. me an idea of something else to add to this list. So do you feel that being an artist... Is it isolating or liberating or
0: both? Uh, Probably a bit of both because um, definitely liberating in terms of like how I can structure my life and, you know, like the the things that I can do with it Um, maybe limiting a little bit more in that uh, I don't feel like a lot of people really relate to it when I tell them like I'm an artist, you know, when I'm, you know, just meeting people for the first time and they're like, what do you do with your life? Well, I'm a painter (laughs) and uh I don't I think they have like this very romantic version of what it is that I do so they don't like understand the work that goes into it they're like oh that must be so easy you just like get up you paint a little bit and then you go about your day and they they think it's like this other sort of existence but uh so I think maybe just like not having that understanding of like what it is that I do um can be a little bit more isolating but you know I think like just having an art community as we were mentioning can kind of Offset that part of that part of of being an artist, but yeah, definitely more liberating than isolating.
1: That's great. That's absolutely great to hear. Because so I think it should be that way, shouldn't it? And today, because you mm-hmm. like, you're you're creating to to express yourself at the end of the day. And I think that's going to be good things come from that. Mm-hmm. So, what was your younger self think about your work?
0: um About my work itself, I don't know, but I know that she would be absolutely thrilled that I'm making art and that I can actually do this for a living um and then I can actually just you know explore that uh because when I was a teenager I was very interested in art but I felt like well I had I had the idea at the time that like you were either born talented as an artist or you weren't and there wasn't like this this understanding that it's actually just about well not just about but like there's a big part of it is actually about practicing and putting in the time and like learning and doing like very focused learning on what you're interested in so I think um I got discouraged because I wasn't at a level that I wanted to be when I was a teenager and I just kind of stopped art entirely even though that's the thing that I was the most interested in and the most passionate about like and could talk about forever but yeah so I think I would just be thrilled that I'm actually making art and that I can actually do that now and yeah that would be the main thing
1: so that's actually really beautiful because you know it kind of like it just shows that you're meant to do it because you've always been inclined to do it and the fact that you Mm -hmm. actually can do it and it's and it's possible i think we hear a lot of doom and gloom like oh you're going to be an artist you're going to starve and it's like well you know there is that side of it there's you know let's not lie but there is also a huge possibility Mm -hmm. that you can make it it depends on the amount of work you're going to put into it at the end of the day you're you're going to get out what you're putting that's life at the end of the day
0: Mm -hmm. and like for all the bad things we said about social media it is also what allows me to be able to do this professionally so like I think a lot of like for example when I was a teenager and my parents knew that I was interested in art they did everything they could to discourage me from becoming an artist because they (laughs) they like had this idea that I would like you know, never be able to make a living off of it, that I would like starve and just, you know, be miserable. And so, of course, they wanted the best for me. So they didn't want that life of like misery and starvation, which I totally understand. But like, I think the reality since then has changed completely. Where like, you can promote your stuff yourself online. You can mark yourself online. You don't have to become a gallery artist in order to make a living off of your art. So I think that's changed the reality quite a bit. And yeah, I think it's great that people can now like, do this professionally and that there's so many like new professions that didn't used to exist that do now and that are that are quite interesting
1: that's very true that's very true and then the last question for you which to your happiness i imagine (laughs) is what are you currently working on and where can people find more about you and your work
0: um so i'll start with the where Uh, so there's my website chrysaleperrera.com where people can see um where they can see my work otherwise there's my instagram pereira. Um, which I'll will probably link to the, yeah, the podcast somewhere. Yeah I'll, <laughs> a, I'll
1: yeah, I'll have a link to the show notes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think those are the best uh, best places to see my work. Obviously on my website I can get more into like, you know, writing and yeah. showing like larger photos of what I do. So that would probably be the best. Um and what I'm currently working on now, um, as I mentioned a bit earlier, I got a grant. Uh, so the grant allows me to just do research and creation for a little over six months so it's just basically like six months of painting in the studio and doing a uh, like creating a body of work with the themes that i'm that i'm really interested in at the moment which are uh just how do we talk about the climate crisis in contemporary landscape painting so i'm trying to find a way to to do that through through painting and so um yeah hopefully well actually by the time this comes out I'll be towards like the end tail of of that series of painting so I'll have like stuff that I'll, that I'll already have shown online I imagine but yeah I'm very excited to keep working on that and to keep trying to develop um that like those ideas through painting and find a way to to actually make that work and not just be like you know a super depressing series of paintings or like just beautiful paintings so like where do we draw the line or like how do we toe that line
1: that's amazing and I actually probably should have mentioned at the start which I always say I'm going to do in every episode and never do on any episode that we're mm-hmm. actually recording this in mid to late autumn uh, mid to late August um because mm-hmm. I always forget to actually say when I'm recording because I forget people don't may not realize I schedule everything about three months in advance, roughly yeah. like three to four months. At this point, it's going to probably end up being five or six soon. But it's like, I forget. And I'm like, maybe I should mention that other stuff. <laughs> I need to start doing that, but we'll see. Um, but yes, yeah, yeah. so we're recording this in mid to late August. So yeah, so by the time this comes out in like November, yes, mm-hmm. people can go and see this work that you're talking about now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there will at least be some teasers online about yes. like, because the series won't be done end of November, but there will at least be some things out online at that point.
1: That is absolutely perfect. Crystal, thank you mm-hmm. honestly so much for your time.
0: Oh, thanks to you as well. I'm really happy to, to talk to you and to get to know you a little bit more and all that.
1: That's perfect. Thank you. Like, I really appreciate your time and just the conversation and just your, your authenticity. Like, I appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. That concludes the last and final part of my conversation with Crystal Pereira. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me a message at flyingthroughball at gmail.com or get in touch by our social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Through Bowl podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, Apple Music or YouTube. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of those platforms to help us spread the word. Also, please think about checking out TheFlyingFruitBall.co.uk for daily art inspiration, and if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. Also, we now have a Patreon page if you're interested in supporting the platform further. To start from £1, for more information about rewards, please head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Additionally, we also have a PayPal if monthly donations are not your thing. I shall leave a link to our PayPal in our show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode today. Until next time, folks, please stay safe.